So we're, tonight we're reading from 1 Corinthians 12. Now about the gifts of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you, when, that when you were pagans, somehow or, a, or another you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To others, to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are at work of the one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Please. I didn't want to read the whole of chapter 31, I just wanted to stop at verse 11, that's why I came up. Uh, the pastor wanted a couple of things to you. Uh, I told you last Sunday night about my dad and thank you for praying and all that settled. And uh, David Daniels tonight, uh, David Daniels, uh, Bruce Hallowell tonight is sharing and was moved, he got made redundant on Tuesday uh, immediately. And Bruce is about 60? about 60 so it makes it a tough call and so that's the issue for Bruce so we're going to pray for him now that God would look after him and his future just to know a discernment of what's going on and then of course to pray for Pastor David and for Sylvia and for their future direction where is David which church are you going to did you want to say that Yeah, well, I do, I do, but I just wanted, because you say, <laughs> Centenary Baptist Church. And so uh, the 10th of November is your last Sunday with us, and so we'll make that a special Sunday. David will preach at all of our services, and we will farewell him for his significant contribution to us in the life of the church, and we'll continue to pray for him and for Sylvia and for the work there. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you because of the Lord Jesus. He's the one who makes it possible for us to have access. You are the God who is at work in the world. And we pray for Pastor David, for Sylvia, and the family, and for this move to Centenary Baptist Church. Uh, thank you, Lord, that they have a heart that wants to be fully obedient to you, to be responsive to your promptings and to your leadings. And we fully expect, Lord, that you will bless and use David and Sylvia in the ministry there, that the church will be 
uh, receiving um, a great blessing and so we commit the Hicks to you praying for your blessing on their life and your ongoing direction for them we pray likewise for ourselves that you will undertake here and to provide a suitable replacement you're the God who has all things in control we submit this to you we pray for our brother Bruce and for the devastating news of being made redundant immediately you're the God who provides and so Lord we ask that you would provide for Bruce and for Diane we pray that you'll give them peace and a trust help them to experience your nearness and we ask Lord that you'd be pleased from our perspective provided another job pretty quickly immediately and then Heavenly Father we pray for ourselves that you the sovereign God might illuminate us tonight that you might open our minds and our hearts that you might help us to understand your word and your purposes for our lives we thank you for Leona and for her presentation for Ruth and for Murray incredible work Lord you're doing there in Cambodia and thank you for the expansion and we simply pray for your ongoing blessing and use us to be part of that to be involved in it and then Lord of course for these boxes which are in front of us thank you for each one that has been packed thank you for the way that you provide for us and we pray that the kids that will receive this will receive not just the box but their hearts will be open to receive the blessing the good news of the Lord Jesus Lord these boxes have been packed in your name and so we commit them to you and pray that you'll give don't know, blessings and safety as they travel, as they're transported, that they'll arrive. And kids that you care about, kids that you love, might be impacted. Heavenly Father, we pray for all of these things in the incredible name of the Lord Jesus. And everybody said, take 45 seconds and turn and shake hands, hug, kiss, greet, punch, whatever. <laughs> Righto, sit down, hurry up. Sorry to cut that short, but like this side was sitting down and this side wasn't, and so this is obviously the spiritually connected side, so I'll talk to you and pray for you. It would be good, instead of rushing away tonight, the end of the service is simply to linger a little bit for a few minutes at least, if you have that uh, freedom and that availability and to connect with one another and if necessary even to pray for one another so for instance I saw some folk over here connecting and talking with Bruce and just to pray for him personally individually just to do that for one another even to check with people who are sitting beside you if you haven't met them to introduce yourself and yada 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 and if they're people that you know then simply to take the opportunity to be open to the possibility of putting your hand on and praying for last couple of weeks 
some of the elders got invited to go and pray for a guy by the name of Peter Close. Most of you might, well, many of you might know Peter. Do you know Peter and Helen Close? Hands up. Yeah, good. Six of you. <laughs> um, uh, Peter's going through some physical difficulties and he, he asked for the elders to come and to pray for him, to anoint him with oil um, and to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that God would make a difference in his life. So a couple of us went. Uh, we turned up. Forgot the oil. <clears throat> But how good is God? Prayed for him and since then has made improvement. So I said to him, uh, we'll come back and do it again proper next time. <laughs> I have a theological question for you. What sort of oil should you use? Ah, <laughs> oh, theological experts, good on you. I was thinking sump oil actually. The power is not in the oil, the power is in the Lord Jesus and in his name. Last Sunday night we started speaking and <clears throat> through whatever technical difficulties I have or inabilities, I sent that thing three times to the PA desk and it didn't arrive. It's a mystery. We haven't checked it this week and uh, it still hadn't arrived and so anyway, we've solved that problem. It's now, it has arrived. So I'm going to take the first few minutes of tonight to do a very quick recap. We're going to speed through that um, and then... That'll be like drinking from a fire hydrant, I expect, and then um, we'll take a few minutes and we'll talk about the next part of that. Next Sunday night, we'll finish this process off. The key thing is that, um, Tom, if you want to flash it up, that we have... Uh, God is a God who created us, who has shaped us, who has a design and a purpose for each of our lives. Leona mentioned Elvis. One of the things you may not know about Elvis, as famous as he was and as popular as he was... Um, 33 movies, 250 records I think he made, uh, spoke about, he said he had about a billion followers worldwide when he was alive. And I think it was, um, what is it, Parade magazine made the comment, interviewed some of his friends and they said he was perpetually tormented by the truth, that he thought he was here for a purpose, to preach or to serve or to help people, but he couldn't figure out what it was. And Priscilla, his wife, made the comment that he used to go on stage to perform, to suppress, to dull out this agonising desire that he had, that God had made him for a purpose and that he couldn't figure out what it was. Well, if you want to know what God's purpose for your life is, you need to go to God's Word, the Bible. It's where God has told us very clearly that he has shaped us, that he's given us spiritual gifts a heart, abilities, a personality and experiences. He is the God, the creator who is moulding us, forming us for a purpose. And our shape, gifts, our heart or abilities as we'll talk about tonight, even our personality and experiences are a big clue to where God wants us to be involved. Last Sunday night I spoke about how Eric Liddell, that <clears throat> a Christian guy who was committed to being a missionary in China but who was also gifted athletically to run, to, to run fast, who made a comment to his sister Jenny, who was concerned that he was getting off track and going to compromise his missionary commitment. And he said to her, Jenny, 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 when God made me, he made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. God made you, God shaped you. When you do what God shaped you to do, when you do what God made you to do, 
then you likewise will be fulfilling his purpose for you. You're a unique individual. There's no one like you on the planet. God has seen to that. So let's race through very quickly. God made me. We are originals. We are not copies. And therefore, originals are valuable. I spoke about my print, which is far less valuable than the original. Thanks, Tom. Let's just keep going. Um, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 talks about how God formed Adam from the dust of the ground. Just like he formed Adam, so next slide, Psalm 139, God also formed us, even in the womb. You know, there are accidental parents. It doesn't just have to be young people, but people can accidentally, married people or unmarried people, can accidentally get pregnant. They're accidental parents, but there are no accidental children. Every child is formed and made by God. I didn't say it last week, but <clears throat> just to revisit a little bit of that issue tonight, what about children that are born with disabilities? What about children that have some abnormality? Well, the Creator Himself takes responsibility. I did that. I did that. I don't fully understand that. I can only speak personally for myself and my own story. But Exodus chapter 4, verse 12 talks about where God's talking to Moses and He says, who makes, who makes people blind and mute? Is it not I, the Lord God? God seems to take to himself the responsibility for forming. And he even allows or forms children that have disabilities. And we go, why? We don't know why. He knows. He has a purpose in it. And I don't know how that fits with we're in a fallen world and there are results of the fall and there are some abnormalities that are just incomprehensible why would God allow that why would God do that well, I don't know all I know is that God forms God takes responsibility for it he has a purpose in it that's why abortion is wrong that's another topic for another issue but generally speaking abortion is wrong you're taking the life of a child that God is forming so God made us and unfortunately for many of us we don't like the way God has made us we don't like our abilities we don't like the way we look we wish we were different, we wish we were like somebody else, <clears throat> and we even try to be like somebody else. But that's not God's purpose for us. God wants you to be you. God wants you to be the best you that you can be. He doesn't want me to be a fat me. He wants me to be a slim, fit me, like I am now. <laughs> well, not quite like I am now. He even wants me fitter, thinner. I wish God wanted me with more hair. Can I share something with you that I have never shared with anybody? Just between you and me. And the internet where this will go. <laughs> when I was a teenager, I had auburn hair. And if you see photos of me, even at my wedding, I had long hair. Wavy hair. Beautiful hair. <laughs> and I was proud of it. But genetically, I'm predisposed to being my wavy hair waved goodbye. <laughs> but now I read the scriptures where it talks about the grey hair is a sign of righteousness and of holiness. Which means I am becoming a spiritual giant. <laughs> well, not quite. <clears throat> not sure how I got onto that. But God is the God who made us, <laughs> who designed us, has a purpose for us. Uh, it's not relevant to say, but my dad is likewise bald, but he does a, the comb-over thing. 
I always vowed and declared, God made me like this, I will be like this, and that's how I am. But I pray, well, God knows the number of the hairs on your head. Every time you wash your hair and you lose some, he knows. He readjusts the numbers. He remembers the original colour, and in heaven it'll be all restored. Next slide. <clears throat> we are designed by God. He's done those five things which make us unique. Next slide, Tom. Um, shape links us um, with God's purposes. According to our shape, if you analyse that, then God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste any experience. He doesn't waste anything that's going on in your life. He can take it and use it. The life of Joseph certainly illustrates that, that people intended that for bad, but God took it and he used it for good. He's doing that in your life. He's done that in my life. He's done it in Rhonda's life. Um, you know the story. We had a third child, and the third child had various disabilities and birth complications and didn't survive very long after birth, two and a half hours. And God had a purpose in that. And God has even used that in my life, in our life, in other people's lives, in us ministering to them. The Bible is very true. The Bible says that we go through painful experiences and God uses that in order that we can minister to others, that we can share with them what we have learned going through this experience. Um, and I've been on the receiving end of that. Some of you have been through, like I've been going through with my dad. Some of you are down the, further down the road and you've been talking to me about your experiences and that's been... Uh, supporting and directing me and giving me some guidance and so on. So God doesn't waste anything. Next slide. We're not going very fast, are we? Uh, Jeremiah 1.5 says God... <laughs> and Ephesians 2.10 says the same thing, that God shaped us for his according to his purpose. Next. Thanks, Tom. Did Warren make you do that, Tom? We've been shaped by God to serve him. That's the ultimate end. Why are you here? Glorify him and to serve him. How do you serve him? often by serving other people. We are to love God and to love others. They go together. Next slide. Uh, Isaiah 49, same thing, that God has designed us and shaped us in order to be a servant. Next slide. Um, life is a test. We spoke about this last week. That this life is all about God is examining us and testing us and preparing us for eternity. That what we do with the resources God has given us uh, determines if we've been faithful in a little then God will entrust to us much, particularly in the next life. Not just in this life, but in the next life. So, there is a final exam and there are two questions. The first question ultimately is, what did you do with Jesus? The second question is, what did you do with the resources that I gave you? Yep, keep going. Next slide. Next one. Um, when we do what God shaped us to do, it honours and glorifies God. We'll go over a little bit more of that tonight. Is that it? Are we done? Uh, God talks about the people formed for himself. Yeah, keep going. I think I jumped that last week. Keep going. And next. Let's get to the next bit. Uh, that's about spiritual gifts and what you should do about your spiritual gifts. But I want to get on to the next two tonight, which is talking about our hearts and our ability. I think I spoke last week about spiritual gifts very quickly. And I said that... Um, if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus, then you have... When you were born, you were given natural talents. I'll talk about that tonight. But when you are born again, when you become a follower of the Lord Jesus, God imparts to you other abilities, new abilities, spiritual gifts is what the Bible calls them. And those spiritual gifts are given not for our own benefit, but for the benefit of others. We get a blessing in doing it. Whenever you obey God, he blesses you. Um, but the gifts are given primarily for the benefit of others, which means if I'm not using my gift that not only am I missing out on God blessing me, but the church or other people are missing out on the blessing that God wanted to give them through the gift he gave me. 
vice versa. It's, if you're not using your gift, then we're being cheated. We're missing out. And there are a couple of things to be very careful of with spiritual gifts. I spoke about how there is gift envy. I wish I had that gift. I wish I could do that. I don't like the gifts I've got. I wish I had that gift. That's gift envy. And that's to be repented of. And the other one is gift projection. Is uh, I have this gift, and, uh, but everybody can do it. You know, it's nothing special. It's everybody should do it. And there is this expectation. Even though it's a gift that God has given you, there is an expectation that you push on to other people. Gift projection. Um, and likewise, there can be an overemphasis on spiritual gifts where we ignore the plain, ordinary, normal duties that we ought to have. And we can also downplay these other factors, which we're going to talk, begin to talk about tonight and next Sunday night, these other factors of how God has been at work in our life. There's not just spiritual gifts that he's given us, that's true, but he's also shaped our heart. He's given us abilities, talents. He's given us personalities and likewise experiences. And it's a combination of all of these things that how God is at work in our life and in our world. Um, and these things give us a clue about how God has made us. Next slide. Matthew 20, verse 28 says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, so too for us. As we follow the Lord Jesus, we have been made to serve. Okay, let's keep going, Tom. Next slide. Why did God make us? He created us in order to make a contribution. He made us for ministry. We have been designed in order to make a difference in people's lives. We've been put here for a purpose. That's the reality. We are not mistakes. We are designed and created by the Creator, placed here, placed in our families, placed in our communities, placed in our country. The Lord has been overseeing all of these things. So how do we serve Him? Well, we are to serve Him primarily by bringing glory to Him. That's our purpose of our existence. Chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. We glorify God how? Just like the Lord Jesus by doing the work that he gave us to do. That's what Jesus said at the end of his life. I brought you glory on the earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. God has got a work for you to do. It doesn't have to be a pastor. It doesn't have to be a missionary. It doesn't even have to be, inverted commas, spiritual. It's got a work for you to do. According to your shape. And you ought to be in the process of discovering that, embracing that, and serving him through it. I spoke to Wazza last week or the week before that. Uh, one of the implications of this is uh, God has made us all different. It'll come out again in abilities. Um, some people are very coordinated. Some people aren't. Uh, Wazza's one of those people who's pretty coordinated. He's pretty good at sports stuff. And he likes surfing. And so I spoke to him about that. And I said to him, just like Eric Liddell... Made, he made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. When you surf, do you feel or sense the presence of God? Think about that in all the dimensions of your life. Some of you are not coordinated. You couldn't hit a bat, ball with a bat if you tried. That's how God has made you. Some of you are good at mathematics, some of you are good at mechanics, some of you are gifted at music. I can't hold a tune to save myself. And I live in the hope that one day I'll be redeemed. And when I'm in heaven, I will have a magnificent singing voice. But I may not. Maybe that's not God's creation purpose for me. Maybe I will have the awful voice that I have. 
If you stand near me, when we are singing, you will turn around and look at me. People do. And sometimes I get embarrassed about it and, you know, sometimes I tone it down and other times I don't. But I love to hear singing. I just love, it moves me emotionally. But I can't sing to save myself. If you can sing and if I stand next to you, I could maybe copy you. But that's the nearest I can get. So my design is to glorify God, but it's not through that process of singing. You've got a way as well. Next slide. God has designed us to serve him, not only by glorifying God by doing the work he gave us to do, and part of that, and through that, is serving others. The way we treat other people, Hebrews 6.10, talks about how God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Okay, moving on. Greatest commandment. What's the person came to Jesus one day and said, what's the greatest commandment? Summarize the whole Old Testament. And I would use the word relationships. The Lord Jesus says, the greatest commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. Love God, love others. He put them together. The Apostle John teaches us in 1 John, you can't separate them. If a person goes around saying, I love God, but doesn't like people, they're a liar. So too flip it. person goes around and says, I love people, I just don't love God. He's a liar. They go together. That's how God has made us, designed us, and that's what he intends for us. We are to serve him just like the Lord Jesus. So how can we do that? Well, like the Lord Jesus, by being available and open to his promptings and to the divine appointments that he creates on a very regular basis. He'll bring people and situations and issues across your path where he wants you simply to be who you are, who he has shaped you to be, and to be that person in that moment, his representative, loving, serving, caring for, providing for, whatever the issue or the need is. And like the Lord Jesus, DA stands for divine appointment. Like the Lord Jesus, three things quickly, the next three slides, we need to be available. The Lord Jesus was all of it, always available. He was flat out in ministry. A uh, person comes to him, Matthew 20, and a um, blind person. And the Lord Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? He's open. What is it you need? What do you require? What is it you want me to do for you? That's to be our attitude of being available to God. Are we available to him? Allowing and seeing the interruptions that come away from our schedule and letting God be God and orchestrating and organising the days of our lives. Available to God anytime. We're all busy. We all have distractions. We all have commitments. This is worth thinking through, that sometimes we are overly committed to doing this, of serving mammon, and you can't serve God and mammon. We need to be fully committed to serving God in the context and situations where we find ourselves. That's to be our worldview, our mindset. So available. Secondly, we are to be grateful. Psalm 102 Um, says, serve the Lord with gladness, gratefulness. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Bless his name. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.9 talks about how God has saved us and he's called us and based on his purpose and grace for us, even before time, he's been shaping us to use us. And we're to be grateful for all the Lord Jesus has done for us. And finally, we are to be faithful. Faithful in whatever God brings across our path. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, we are servants of Christ, we are managers of God's secrets. His mysteries, the good news, the gospel. 
And what is expected of those servants of his? But to be faithful. Available, grateful and faithful. Just like the Lord Jesus. So we as believers in the Lord Jesus need to believe what God says about us. He made us, formed us, shaped us. He's got a plan for us. He's given us abilities and a heart. And when we do what we love to do, how we're shaped to do, God loves that. We're doing exactly what he wants us to do, what he made us to do. And ultimately, it's about pleasing him, not ourselves. This is one of the remarkable things I observe about the Lord Jesus. That for 30 years, he came into our world. Excuse me, grew up in an obscure village way up north, Nazareth, in the backwaters, if you like. And for 30 years, he's the village carpenter. Grew up there, went to the synagogue there. What did he do with his life? Nothing. He grew up, was educated, I expect, through the synagogue. Um, went to synagogue worship, and he was a carpenter until the age of 30. There's no miracles, there's no teaching, there's nothing unusual or supernatural or spiritual about him, except that he loved God and he loved people. And he was very well known in that small community. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, when it comes to his public ministry, when John the Baptist introduces him, Behold the Lamb of God who takes the sin of the world. When he is baptised, the Spirit of God comes upon him. Matthew 3.17 says, This is my beloved Son, a voice from heaven. This is my beloved Son. With him I am well pleased. 30 years. Carpenter. Village kid. Young adult. Hadn't done anything significant spiritually. With him I am well pleased. Isn't that a great verse? That God is looking at us in the ordinariness of our life and looking for us to be obedient and responding to all that he is doing in us. He's shaping us. That's why Paul says to the church in Colossians, Colossians 3.17, whatever you do, whatever it is, touch footy, golf, barrack for the titans, <clears throat> do it with all your heart. Do it as to the Lord and not to men. Live your life as before God and God has made you shaped you and he is watching you so all of that for introduction let's move on very very quickly what has God done in terms of shape well he's given us spiritual gifts that's the yes the H is he's given us a heart this has to do with our emotional side if you like it's our passions our interests our desires our dreams our ambitions these are from God We have two children, both of them are different, and both of them are different to Rhonda and I. Our daughter, Kate, when she was growing up, she was obsessed with fashion. She bought these fashion magazines and she had a stack of them in her bedroom and she was, from a two-year-old or even younger, she was always into shoes and into the way she dressed. And what happens now? She works in the fashion industry. So she's growing up, and through teenage years and everything else, I think buying these magazines is a complete waste of money. And then she leaves school, and she goes into the fashion industry, and the penny dropped for me. I went, oh, that's how God has made her. That's how God has designed her. Do you mean to tell me that God is interested in people's fashions? Yes. 
God is interested in each one of us and the way he has shaped us and designed us. Nothing is insignificant. Your interests, your hobbies, your abilities, they are all significant. They come from the Creator and they are be submitted and surrendered to Him. So therefore, as God has shaped Kate and Shane and us the way we are, so we need to discover more about our heart. So what do we need to do with our heart? Let's move on. Designed by God, it's for God, and our heart certainly needs to be controlled by God because we can misuse all of these things as many people do. They can take their God-given hearts and abilities and use it for themselves. But God hasn't made us that way. So we need to watch who we hang out with. And the more you hang out with God, then the more you will understand exactly how he has shaped your heart. What should you do with your heart? These four things, I think it is. Number one, you ought to open your heart to the work of the Lord Jesus. Surrender your heart to him. Ask God to work in your heart. Number two, let God heal your heart. We all have hurts. We all have guilt we all have areas of resentment or anxiety or or whatever we all have issues we're all broken we ought to bring our hearts to god and ask god to forgive and to heal and to restore let god work in your heart number three with our hearts we ought to be looking at our options we ought to be thinking about what are we interested in what do we like to do what are our ambitions what are our dreams i mean some of us are going to be in jobs that we don't like because it's not our heart why have we got those jobs because we need the money well, we do need a job and we do need our money, as our brother Bruce would testify. But we need a job where we are satisfied and interested and connected and fulfilling the way the Creator has made us. So we need to look at the options, study and consider and see what's out there and what's available. Talk to other people and so on and find out what the best place for us is. Number four, having discovered the direction you want to go, you need to launch out in faith. I shall keep going just quickly. I was going to stop. Give me five more minutes and then I'll pray. Secondly, thirdly, whatever it is, spiritual gifts, heart, abilities. God has given us abilities. And I didn't pick the best verse, but it's in Exodus chapter 31. Is the a better verse. I gave you, I think, Romans 12, 6, the next one. God has given us the various abilities that we've got most of us, the average person, has hundreds of abilities. From study show, from 400 to about 700 different abilities that we have, the way the Creator has made us. And chapter 31 nails this because it says, Now the Lord God said to Moses, See, I have chosen this guy, Bezalel, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, and with knowledge in all kinds of crafts. Why? to make artistic designs, to work in gold, silver and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. And moreover, there's this other bloke that I've also given to help him. God went out of his way to shape and gift this guy with practical, hands-on abilities. Abilities. They're from God. Some people can type really, really well. It's an ability. It's, whether it's mechanical, whether it's musical, whether it's uh, whatever it is. God is the God who has shaped you. God made you to be you. Hebrews 13 verse 21 says, God will equip you with all you need for doing his will. So he's shaped you. And if you, we won't now, but if you go through the Bible and have a look at all of the skills or abilities that are listed, how God has used different people, you will come up with a massive list 
of very practical skills and abilities, whether it's artistic, whether it's administrative, whether it's bakery, whether it's selling, whether it's in soldiering, whatever. God uses all of these things to achieve his purposes. He can use them all and he can use your abilities. I went looking for a book and I couldn't find it, but a book I read years ago. And the name of the book is, forgive me because it's not fully correct, Dog Training, Fly Fishing and blankety-blank for the kingdom of God. I can't remember what the third one was. And it's a book written along the lines of saying this church in the United States that got this truth and released its people, what do you do and what are you good at? This one girl was a dog trainer. That was her job. And she started saying, okay, I'm going to offer dog training on Saturday mornings for people. And when I, tra when I do the dog training school, then I'm going to invite those dog owners back to my place for coffee. I'm going to build relationships with them. So she used dog training to reach people for the kingdom. Another guy in the church was into fly fishing, so he took a whole stack of guys fly fishing, and they would go fly fishing on a weekend or something, and through that process, built relationships in order to have a gospel conversation through dog training, fly fishing, and whatever the other thing was for the kingdom of God. God has shaped you, given you abilities. Use them. Identify them. Use them as how he has made you for the purposes of advancing the kingdom, for bringing glory to him and building networks into people's relationships, honouring him. So what should you do with your abilities? These six things, here we go. Um, 45 seconds on this. Number one, you should honour God with your abilities. 1 Corinthians 10.31, whatever you do, word or deed, eating and drinking, do it all for the glory of God. Number two, you should use your abilities to serve others. That's what Peter says. Nobody is good at everything. We all need one another. Um, so you have some abilities that you can use. So we should use our gifts and our abilities to help and serve one another. Number three, you should certainly use your abilities to make a living. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18. Don't forget, remember, it's the Lord your God who gives you the ability to make money. I've got a friend, my best friend probably, New South Wales. In his career now, what he's doing is investing on the stock market and he's making a fortune. Where do you get that ability? I wouldn't mind having a little bit of it but I don't have it. But he does. Where did he get it from? The creator. God gave him the ability to make money. What does God want him to do with the money? Ah, well, keep listening. Number two, number four. Um, <laughs> God gives you the abilities to be an example to others. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. We should be progressing, growing and maturing in our abilities. Many of our abilities lie dormant. That's an unopened gift, it's an unopened box and the Creator wants us to be using it. Number five, Ephesians 4.28. If you make money, work with your hands, make money in order to share with those in need. It's an incredible responsibility to have resources to be wealthy. Anybody here want to be a millionaire? Nobody. Liars. It's an awesome responsibility. Imagine, imagine you were a multimillionaire. You have millions invested. You have millions that you can resource and you go to bed every night and you have millions of dollars available to you. And there are people in need and there are ministries requiring funds. It's an awesome responsibility to be entrusted with those resources and God will call you to account. 
you'll be tested for what did you do with Jesus and you'll be tested for what did you do with the resources I gave you. I didn't give you the millions of dollars for you. I gave you that to use to serve others. It's an awesome responsibility. That's what God wants us to do likewise with our abilities. And then finally, our abilities are given to us, Ephesians 4.12, to build up the church, to equip and to serve. So this stuff is for service in the church and outside the church. It's for life, living our life before the Creator. Well, finally, um, what can we do with our abilities? Three things, very quickly. Number one, you should define them. What abilities do you have? Do some sort of assessment. We can help you with that. There are hundreds of abilities and strengths, and many of them you're probably not even aware that you have. Do you have the ability to read? It's an ability. Have the ability to write? It's an ability. Not everybody has it. Not everybody has it. And if you have it, you have it for a reason, and it's to be used and so on, many other abilities. So define your ability. Um, like my daughter Kate grew up in a household where, where did that ability, that interest for hers come in with fashion? Where did that come from? The creator. She, she is to pursue that. Number two, having defined it, dedicate it to God. Romans 12 verse one. Dedicate your whole body to him as a living sacrifice. Lord, with all of the abilities that you have given me, I am yours, I am available. I want you to take me and I want you to use me. There's a dangerous prayer. Lord, use me. I invite you to think about and to pray that prayer. You can take your abilities and misuse them. You can use them for yourself. You can use them for wrong purposes. But to take them and dedicate them to God's use and God's glory. And then finally, you're to develop your abilities, to grow in them, to practice, to improve, to sharpen them. God has invested in you. He has shaped you. He made you. He sent Christ to die for you. He has placed his Holy Spirit within you if you're a follower of his. And he expects a return for his investment. He is looking for you to do what he has shaped you to do. The Lord Jesus says, Luke chapter 12, that when the master returns, having entrusted to his servants various talents and abilities or responsibilities, when the master returns, will he find the servants doing what he shaped them, what he gifted them to do? That's the challenging question. Let me lead you in a prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we have been thinking tonight about gifts and heart and abilities. And we want to bring to you our hearts. Open our hearts to you. You made us. You know what's in our hearts. You've been knocking on our hearts. We ask, Lord, that you might not simply enter our lives and fill us, but that you might heal. Heal those hearts that have been bruised or broken, that have been hurt or that have scars. Cleanse those hearts where there has been sin, selfishness or pride. Lord, in each of us, renew hearts within us and help us to listen to your spirit. Help us to discover our shape to identify our gifts, our heart, our abilities, to look at the options and to be fully surrendered to you. Lord, we even dare to pray, use us to bring glory to Jesus and help us to serve others. We pray in his name. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Let's stand.